welcome to the Revenue Circus podcast, where passion meets performance under the big top of revenue success. Join us as we dive into the thrilling world of sales, customer experience, and all things revenue. It's not just a podcast, it's a circus of insights, tips, and captivating stories straight from the heart of business. Meet our incredible co-hosts, industry experts, and special guests as they engage with individual contributors, unveiling practical tips and tricks. Their goal is to equip listeners with actionable insights, empowering them to enhance their skills and fast-track their career growth. So tighten your seatbelt, grab your popcorn, and join the artist circus. The greatest show in business is about to begin. Subscribe now and roll up the Revenue Circus podcast. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Revenue Circus podcast. Uh, I'm Clara, one of the co-hosts, and with me today I have Theo Setterström. Um, welcome to the circus. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm uh, really, I'm really psyched to be here, and thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I'm super happy to have you on the show. And just FYI, before we hit the record button here to the audience, Theo, give me some really nice tips and tricks because you are actually doing a lot of podcasting. And this is my first one I do myself. <laughs> Woo, big applaud. Boom. One of many. Good. First yeah. of many. Yes. Um, but for the audience, we have met uh, and we've been following each other on LinkedIn since basically 2016, I think, when you were at Karma. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing? Yeah. Of course. So a little bit about my background is that I'm an old elite swimmer. So I have a few national gold in swimming uh, here in Sweden. And that also brought me over to the States where I studied in college. It gave me a scholarships and so forth. And then I came back. So in 2016, I was actually working for a recruitment and staffing agency where I was selling recruitment and staffing uh, services. And I was uh, within that uh, field. And then I went into SAUCE in 2018, I think it was, to Mentimeter. And then after Mentimeter, I went to the company called Karma. Uh, and after that, I started my own business where I consult uh, SaaS companies on how to build scalable sales teams. Uh, so uh, that's really what I'm doing right now, helping different sales uh, teams that want to move their sales to the next level, basically. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, uh, thank you for the introduction. And I feel like the first thing I do, this is for individual contributors. I go outside the ICP directly. I'm like, I want Theo, uh, the solo entrepreneur. But I also like your angle, like coaching uh, SaaS sales leaders on a daily basis. Um, but can you tell us, I, I love to ask everyone on the show, like what actually got you into sales? Because there is almost never, ever someone who's like, yeah, but I wanted to be a sales rep when I was young, you know, <laughs> what actually got you into the sales track and, and what made you also like transform into building your own company? 
I mean, that's a great question. And I, I've had the same experience. No one has ever been like sales is where I, I should be. So I was studying in the States and I was coming into my, my last uh, year and I, I got a job at a bank uh, in Brooklyn that I thought that I was going to have. But my family came over during my graduation from college and I kind of understood that now it's four years here, it's time to to go home. So when I got to Sweden, I had nothing really to do. I, I had my own company back then, a smaller one, uh, which is a swim run race where you swim, run, swim, run and so forth. But it's we have around 2000 participants, but I didn't really have anything that I could rely on income wise. So my sister, uh, she sent me a ad to Bravura because she was actually a customer of Bravura. She was using their recruitment and, and staffing services. Yeah. And she was like, look at this ad. Doesn't this explain who you are? Uh, you should probably, you know, you should probably uh, apply. So that's that's how I got into it. And I had... My dad has been in sales his whole life, but I've never really understood what sales was. So I, I didn't really understand it and then i got in there you know traditional cold calling 80 calls a day roughly around five thousand cold calls before you made your first sales so around three months and and i was like you know the first months i was like i've studied for four years i have a few national goals i i felt entitled to something more i felt like cold calling wasn't it <laughs> And it was uh, it was a big you know wake up call. Like, is this what I'm gonna do for the next next years? And <laughs> I mean, now when I'm a solopreneur, I'm doing cold calls still. I'm still I'm selling. A, I mean, I'm doing all the sales for my for myself. But that's how I got into it. It was uh, it wasn't planned. It it wasn't nothing. It was nothing that I thought of before. But how how did you get into it? Uh, yeah, so similar story. Like I um, graduated high school. I applied for a bunch of jobs. This was in 2008. So it was actually like a financial crisis, if you remember. Uh, so I had one of my house, high school friends who was like, I, I work in a call center. So, you know, I basically got there, got the job. So I was also like calling strangers in the evening. And I really liked talking to them. But I also felt after a while, like... I cannot just sit here and lift up the phone all the time. It was kind of like, you know, um, so yeah, similar sort of path. <laughs> um, but if you would look at the 12 year old to you, how do you think he would perceive the work that you are doing today? He wouldn't understand anything. Basically, <laughs> he would be like, this is it. Like I wanted to become a dolphin master and this is what you do, you know, like, uh, I've always loved animals and I still do. Yeah. And I love hiking and all of those things. And I was really, when I was in basically in that age, I thought I was going to be a ornithologist. I think it's called where you like look at birds. Stuff oh. like that. Yeah. Oh. So and, uh, the bird man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but I always liked animals and so forth. So yeah. he wouldn't understand. And and that's, I think that's the thing. I have a lot of friends outside of sales and all outside of sauce. And when I try to explain, I mean, it's not rocket science. I'm just trying to explain. I help sales, sales leaders become 
you know, better at what they're doing and help them increase their sales team sales. And they're like, but how do you do it? And I was like, it's, it's basically a bit different every time. And then I start to, you know, try to go into all the specific cases. And then I'm like, it's no, not. You give it, you give it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I try so, to like tell my mom what I'm doing at Union, like subscription management. It's like, I'm like, yeah, you know, SaaS, software as a service. Uh, she's like, mm, yeah, mm, I, I just, I give up. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, but it's it also, which I also think is, because I don't want to sit on a high horse and, oh yeah, I have this really cool job that no one understands. It's just like, I'm terrible at communicating to outside people. But as soon as I meet people within SaaS, I, it's so quickly easy to 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 discuss and and, and have those yeah. things. And I mean, that's the thing what comes with experience, right? So yeah. yeah, but that was a great question. I've never thought of what my younger self would, would look at. But I, you know, I'm a pretty stupid person still, and I was not a bright kid. So I, I wouldn't be too scared if I didn't understand it, if if that would ever happen. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think like I have a similar story to that. I wanted to be like a professional show jumper when I was a kid. Like I, I loved horses. I was horseback riding like five days a week. I thought that was going to be my career. But now here I am working in sales. So, you know. <laughs> Equestrian or sauce, you know, like it's uh, it's not that far of, <laughs> far of a jump. <laughs> yeah uh but that's like it is a funny story because i think like everyone thought they would go in to do something else and you had a job at a bank right and i also had like some kind of dream to go and work in finance for a while <laughs> um but i told you prior to this podcast like yeah i'm gonna you know send over a few questions uh i never did that <laughs> yeah i'm like putting you on the spot here kind of a lot <laughs> Um, but I really like the angle that you are out there uh, coaching uh, SaaS leaders in, in different tech companies. And I mean, if we look back uh, at 2023, I think generally speaking, that was a pretty challenging year in tech, uh, macroeconomical headwinds. It was uh, a lot of layoffs. I think I went into LinkedIn one day and it was just like, I got laid off. I got laid off. Um, so it was kind of tough. And I think also... Uh, companies are more cautious about their spending. It's tougher out there, more competition in the deal cycles. Um, and I've seen a lot of posts that roughly 60% of the sales team are actually not hitting their quota. Um, so from your perspective, have you picked up something from your conversations with sales leaders? Why do you think that is that a lot of the sales teams are currently struggling hitting their quotas. I think that we have seen a tremendous amount of tech stack analysis. And there's been where so many companies have been through what is a need to have and what's a nice to have. And a lot of a lot of sauce companies, I think, struggles to put themselves into a nice to have. Uh, kind of position. And yeah. I mean, I think we also can agree that we have had a landscape within SaaS where there's been a lot of VC funded companies where you can, you can hear how the leaders or the founders say that they scaled their sales team mm. with amounts of 
new salespeople hires, but that's not actually scaling your sales team. It's it's increasing your costs when it comes to the amount of employees that you have. And yeah. I think that within SaaS, a lot of companies have not focused that much on uh, sales enablement when it comes to how do we get these salespeople to become really, really good at what they're doing. And I mean, I speak with... Uh, with uh, mostly uh, Nordic uh, market uh, experience. Yeah. And uh, and that's what I see now. We're going from a growth-looking market to a sustainable growth. So most of the companies that I have discussions with are, instead of just saying, we need to increase sales, they're talking more about, we need to increase sales per salesperson. So instead of looking at just the overall, we need to increase sales, it's just we need to become better and optimizing. So a yeah. lot less talk about hiring more people. And instead, it's more about sharpening sharpening your tools instead of getting more tools. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how that's how I see it. What 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 has been your experience? No, but I think like you really put the put the nail on the spot, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Anyway, no, I, I really I really agree with you. And I think like it will not be scalable just to say like, hey, you know, let's double up the headcount and then think that that will be, you know, um, a path to increase revenue. I think like really work with what you have is crucial and really get all the sales reps ramped up that you already have in the team. I think that's, a really really good angle um so yeah um i think i agree 100 if we take the other circumstances sort of off the table um but what would be because i'm thinking about the ones that had maybe kind of a rough year they missed their quota and they're going in now to 2024 new year new possibilities um what sort of tip and tricks would you give those reps into the new year to make it in 2024? Great question. Again, I would say that I would I would say that listening to a podcast like this, or not to to say like, oh, I got all the answers. That's not what I'm saying. But but trying to educate yourself into where can I find new inspiration of, of trying to up my game, change it up a bit because. I think that when I started out with sales, my first year, I didn't hit quota. And my second year, I became a, I didn't hit quota, but I became a sales leader. So I had six, uh, four to six people in my second year in my team. And it was, uh, it was really different because my quota that I got as an individual contributor didn't go down when I got people in my team. I still had to hit that quota. And that was really, really tough for me. Yeah. So, and I was, I was, how can I, how can I make this, how can I make this happen? And it was either, you know, put in more hours into work or try something new. So this was back in 2017. And, and that was for me, it was really trying something new, which was LinkedIn. I put a lot of hours into it. And I mean, 
I didn't really know what I was doing, but I, I hit my quota with 209% that, that year, even though I had salespeople. So really trying to innovate your own game is important. And I think that comes with the mindset of not talking too much about, oh, it's difficult now. Don't accept that, you know, excuse or explanation to why I'm not delivering. Yeah, it's tough. It is. And it's, it is like that for them. I mean, if you're not selling AI, I think every, most people are having a tough time right now. Yeah. So, um, I would say, try, try to really find new ways to up your game and, and don't think about that. It's a tough time. Focus on the things that you're actually succeeding with. And, and that's gonna, cause it's easy, you know? Everywhere on LinkedIn, everywhere you talk with people, they, they discuss it's it's tough right now. Like, okay. Yeah, what does no, that it's matter? tough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, there and, and what is what is tough? There are two wars going on right now. I'm lucky enough to live in a country where my you know, tougher yeah. thing in my life is that my sales is 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 not as easy as it was two years ago or four years ago. So yeah. Um, but I would, I would strongly recommend growing, uh, and working more on your LinkedIn. It has been a huge help for me. It's in, in, uh, my solopreneur career now in, in October, I made for myself, uh, I invoiced a little bit over 30 K dollars and 50, 6% of that was inbound on LinkedIn and 44% was outbound on LinkedIn. Everything for me starts on LinkedIn. And I think that more and more salespeople understands that LinkedIn is the same as the phone, the same as the email. It, it should be an integrated part of your, of your, of your sales. Uh, it's a, it's a catalyst. It really yeah. makes your sales go faster. Um, that's, that's how I see it. I don't know if you can recognize what I'm, what I'm talking about here. Yeah, like I can divide it in two. So if we touch up on LinkedIn, I think like more than ever, it's so crucial to build your professional brand as well, because it is like a crowded market. So I think like that is the new way to go. So I think like you will see a shift more and more sales reps will actually go into that. I was very late on the ball with my LinkedIn game. I started like, I think August last year, but I still see a lot of potential and I really like it. So I think that's that's something to really go for in, in, in the new year. Um, and looking at uh, going into the new year, you maybe had a rough year behind you. I think like I wrote a post about this actually on LinkedIn uh, because I wanted to address it. But my first at Unium, I really struggled hitting quota. Like I had a rough year. Uh, and, you know, imposter syndrome, syndrome got me and I, I felt like I cannot do this. But my manager, who was like, never give up. Like when I went into 2023, I was just like, exactly as you said it, like, yeah, it's tough circumstances right now. But, you know, you cannot change that. Focus on what you actually can do. I think like I was just like, I'm going in here. I believe in myself. I will never freaking give up this year. Just grit, determination, and just keep on going. That was basically the mind shift I did. And then it was a few tweaks. Like I felt like I went over a few of my sales processes and I was like, okay, I could have done a little bit better discovery. I think like that 
was sort of where I lost a few deals. So I started to look through LinkedIn because it's also like, it's a lot on LinkedIn. Like everybody's telling you different stories. So I, I think you also need to find one influencer or person that you feel like, okay, I will go for this approach. So I think like I focused a lot on Chris Orlob and how he does discovery and he's got, been at Gong. He's been going through so many different discovery calls. So I was like, okay, I will stick to this and just try to make it happen. And what I think is important there is also like, you cannot start to shift everything at once. You need to start with something. Okay, I started with the discovery call. I have a few things that I can, you know, shape up uh, this year. But so I, I try to sort of stick with a plan and just never give up, <laughs> just keep on going. Um, so I think like, that's what I would like to say to everyone that's had a rough year. And also now it's January, everybody's basically at zero. So you have all the opportunities in the world to just go out there and make this your year. That's what I hmm. sort of like and dislike with sales. Ended a good year and now you're at zero, but it's also like new pitch. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I to, to add to that when it comes to you know, finding your own way, you can, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise when you go in on LinkedIn and those things. And I think it's so important to find someone that you, you connect with, with whatever tips and tricks that they might have, like you had Chris, for instance. And I think the most important part is that it's not like we're baking chocolate chip cookies where the recipe is like doof, doof, doof. I mean, there are some standard things that, yeah, do the calls, do the emails, do the do the meetings, you know, all of those things. And then, then kind of make sure, you know, I coach a lot of sales leaders and a lot of the times is to make correct closed and closed lost and closed one analysis. Where, yeah. where is the drop off? Where, where is the team struggling and so forth? And I think that salespeople, I hate this cliche, know your numbers, but if you can see where in the funnel your your uh, your prospects disappears or where you lose the control, that's where you should start working on. For you, it was the discovery. Great, you got to understand that somehow. Awesome, you could work on that. And that's the thing. It's it's not a it's not a difficult thing. It's a complicated thing often. Uh, where if you just put your mind to it, you, you'll solve the equation. And yeah. and I just also just want to touch on that when you say you're late on LinkedIn. I wouldn't say that you're late on LinkedIn. I would say that you're quite early because if you look at social medias, there are several, of course. There are only two places where are, that, that is content deficient, you know, where it's not there are more users than there is content and that's LinkedIn and TikTok. So it's very easy to still get organic reach and, and increase your following. Yeah, that goes down for every year because more and more people understand that they get something out of it. I would never be on LinkedIn if it didn't do so much for my sales. I would never. Uh, I'm, you know, it's uh, likes and comments is cool for a week but it's not what pays the bills, you know? Oh. But link, yeah, LinkedIn is really what pays the bills for me. So that's why I'm looking at it. And it's been, you know, I've done over 50,000 cold calls in my career. It's way easier to become good at, at LinkedIn and get yeah. people from through there, in my opinion. 
uh, but everyone is different. So find your own way. But I mean, also when you have built sort of your professional black brand, uh, I feel like you must sometimes like, oh yeah, it's Theo calling here. And they're like, oh, you're the guy from LinkedIn. Like, you know, you have a few followers and that's, so I feel like then I made it when I can like, <laughs> yeah, it's Clara. Call. Oh yeah, it's Clara from LinkedIn. You know, then I feel like, good. <laughs> Never a cold call in my life. No, but. Um, but that's just, just to how I started on LinkedIn back in 2017 was that from when we put in a prospect into our CRM, uh, a cold one, until we booked a meeting was roughly seven months in average. So that was pretty long time. Because if we look at um, if you look at uh, recruitment and staffing, it's a very saturated market with over 2,000 uh, co competitors just in Stockholm. And going into SaaS, yeah, in SaaS, it's not that competitive, in my opinion. It's different. So yeah. you really got to learn, or you really had to learn how to stand out because they were cold. The only thing that they were doing was cold calling. So, uh, so what I did was pretty common nowadays but i would go in on the prospect that i did and i looked at did they have around 500 to 2400 connection and then would they post around maybe two to ten times a month then i knew that this would basically work which i would go in on their activity comment on one post that would be pretty good within my field or something that I felt that I could generally post a comment on and ask a question and I would spark a conversation in the comments and then I would let them be and then I could then I came back two weeks later did the same thing and uh, and from there I connected with them brought the article in in the connection and said like this is really related to our would love to connect and what do you think about number two it's it's not rocket science but then when they answered that's when i took the call with them and i said hey it's theo from linkedin i had maybe 1800 connection it wasn't that but as soon as i said that i was standing apart because I wasn't Theo from Bravura and I wasn't another recruitment and staffing agency. I was on their mind and, yeah. and I just opened up with the article and just discussing a bit. And then I was kind of straightforward, like, yeah, I mean, I work with this would be love to, would love to discuss this a bit more with you and, and, uh, and, and hear more what you're working with, but also explain what I do. So I cut that time back then I cut that down to six weeks. So it's a big catalyst from going from you know when people were not on linkedin the average was seven months but when this succeeded when i succeeded with this it was six weeks and those are the small things that you can do with linkedin which is so difficult to do with the other channels i would say yeah that is so cool i i feel like you can have an episode just focusing on linkedin because i think that's really hot right now um mm. i will actually move topic um yeah and this, I will ask every person on the show <laughs> this question because it reveals a little bit about the personality and how you think. Uh, so if you got the opportunity to swap body with someone, it can be someone alive or someone dead, you know, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, who would that person be and why? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, good question. 
I've just seen uh, a few different climbing. Um, I've just seen a few different climbing movies, uh, mm -hmm. Free Solo, The Alpinist, and I'm both scared of heights. And I mean, I love hiking and those things, but these are people that are climbing walls that are, I don't know how many, they're almost a kilometer high. They're, they're almost, a, you know, they are. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. And they don't even have any safety gear on. They just do what? it. Yeah, no, but it's this wild. Is like, do you want to die? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's uh that's that they talk a lot about those that in those videos in those movies. And so I would just because I'm in that space, it would be cool to swap bodies with someone that does that and just you know what's going on in their mind, what's going on in their body when they go through something like that. Because I would never even try it. I think that's so far from me. So that would be pretty cool. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love that angle. Like you really, I was like, yeah, April Dunford positioning. You're like, oh, I want to go and climb one kilometer without the gear and just go up there. And like, what are they thinking? But this is, I, this is why I love to ask this because it, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it sounds really cool to be able to do it. Cause I, I know that that's an experience that I will never have. You know, it's, uh, I don't have, uh, it's so far, it's so far from where, what I'm doing. So that would be cool. I hope I, but now <laughs> everyone that listened to this, they know, so they probably can plan it a bit better than, than I did. So the pressure is on for the rest of the people that you interview. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you don't ask this question in the other interviews, I'm going to get pissed, Clara. So, so you better I keep promise, it. I promise. Yeah. Every interview, I, I love to actually ask this one. Um, and this is sort of a little bit of ending question. So mm. um, if we look into the future within sales and what we're doing, how do you think that will shift sort of within the three to five years? And this is kind of an open question. Like, do you, is it anything that you feel a little bit maybe worried about or how do you think everything will shift? So what I'm doing right now is that I interview saw sales leaders, you know, this, so I'm uh, interviewing uh, 50 to 70 successful saw sales leaders, uh, to make a report on uh, for 2024. And what I do is that I, I go through what happened in 2023 and what they're looking at into 2024 and I'm going to make this a uh, recurring thing. And back again, what I see that most sales leaders are talking about is, you know, sharpening their tools again and sharpening the weapons, so to speak. So a lot of focus in how do we get our salespeople to become even better? So it's, are you in a position where you have a leader that you feel are doing this? It's going to be great because you can get so much knowledge if your company starts to actually invest in you as a salesperson. Really don't, I just want to, if you're an individual contributor listening to this, take that opportunity because this is a this is a big thing when it comes to education is it's not someone that's educating you. It's you that make sure that you get educated by someone. It's an active part of learning. Uh, yeah. So if you if your company is buying in coaches and 
you know, give you or different things for educating, make sure to make use of it. So I think more and more of that will happen because that sounds like a lot of people just once again, basically sales enablement, but maybe not sales enablement in the way of, yeah, we're going to buy another tool that will increase our efficiency and productivity. It's more, how can we actually increase the fundamental sales skills in yeah. our sales team? Yeah. So that's that. That's number one, I would say, um, but that's not three to five years. But then, obviously, the given one is AI. I think that that's going to make a lot uh, the the work a lot more easier. Just mm -hmm. when I was for a year ago, I was consulting as a sales manager. The tools that I use today with AI, uh, everything from you know cutting my podcast to distribute videos from it, mm -hmm. that work took me probably. 10 more hours a week, which today takes not even an hour. So yeah. I think that that's with content creation, right? But I think this will become even more wild. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, and I think with just... AI, we shouldn't be like afraid of AI. I think like we, it will just enable us to do more high value tasks in that sense. Yeah, I, of course. Yeah, I think so in the small scale. I am a little alarmist, a little scared <laughs> that it might be a bigger thing, but that's another discussion. Uh, but if if I could give a three a third thing that I think of is that I, I do think that there would be so many peop more people that will have side hustles, not just within sales, but in general. And I think that bigger companies will have, because there will be so many people that do side hustle and become, you know, the, the go-to person within their niche, I think that it will, might be a bit more difficult for the uh, certain uh, companies to actually sell because they are, they're, what they're doing is getting, is getting, um redundant because there's so many others doing that as a side hustle but i yeah. what do i know just because yeah. <laughs> what what do i know yeah, yeah but i think that was like a kind of interesting interesting angle um and i actually do believe a little bit the same that you said with the, the side hustles and i see that booming even more and more so um yeah that's it we don't have a fancy crystal ball to sort of figure it out right <laughs> Not yet. Maybe AI will become it. So uh, we'll we'll see in the future. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but that was basically it for today. Uh, I feel like, you know, we have a few things that we started to discuss that I feel like, oh, I would li like to jump into this a little bit more in depth, like LinkedIn. And um, so let's see if you will get into the show one more time. Uh, that would be fun. Um, yeah. And thank you so much for having me. It was, uh, I thought it was a blast. So it's going to be fun to listen to your uh, other episodes coming out. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was so thrilled to have you here today. And I tried to be like, don't say, mm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, great job. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, uh, Theo. Thank you.
Big thanks for tuning in to another fantastic episode of the Revenue Circus podcast. Your support truly means the world to us. So if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to hit that share button and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. And for those eager to meet our credible co-hosts in person and craving for more opportunities to level up their career, be sure to grab your ticket to the Artist Circus, the ultimate event for tech sales, customer support and pre-sales talents. It's where knowledge meets connection and professionals gather to learn, grow their network and simply have a blast. So what are you waiting for? Join us on the 19th of April in Berlin.